Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, a new Captain Marvel trailer has been released, and we are going to discuss new insights from the trailer and how it might impact the MCU going forward. All that right after this. Today's show is brought to you by Mac Weldon. For 20% off your first order of wonderful underwear and other essentials, go to MacWeldon.com and enter promo code MCUCAST. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name's Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Hey, buddy. <clears throat> hey, man, how you doing? I'm good. I'm really good. Um, recording issues aside. <laughs> <laughs> How's your ears? It's okay. They're okay. Yeah, we were setting up for recording, and somehow, internally in my recording system, there was some sort of crazy feedback. Like, insane feedback. And it blew my ears out, and I couldn't hear for a second. And that's scary, being as I'm a podcaster and a musician. <laughs> um, I like that podcaster came first. Uh, well, you know, we're, we're on a podcast, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, that's it's um, that was a scary that was a scary moment. Uh, that I had like horrible ringing in my ears for about a minute. Um, I know a good way to console you though. What's that? There's 57 days until Captain Marvel. What? Yep, that isn't, well, that's till March 7th, which is when I'm going to see it. It's the Thursday before. I'm sure I will, too. I've already purchased my tickets because they're already on sale. That's amazing. Uh, yep. So, yeah, tickets are on sale. There's a brand new trailer, uh, a more extensive trailer. And uh, so so let's, let's just talk generally about our takeaways of this, uh, of this trailer. Like, um, my first big takeaway was that... Uh, the, the way different tone than previous trailers. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, just the the way that you piece together things and and pick out certain bits can drastically change the tone of of how a movie feels just from the trailer. Because this, sure. this trailer was like a lot more humor. This felt a lot a lot more along the lines of like uh, I would say closer to Thor Ragnarok, probably mm. along the lines more of Guardians One. Just from the trailer. Interesting. I would not go that far. Uh, in that those are like, those movies are almost comedies. There are a few jokes in this trailer, but they feel like the kinds of jokes that fit into a overall more serious toned movie to me. And given that the other trailers had no jokes, I feel like there's probably, I'm thinking this will fit more like in the Doctor Strange level of comedy, where there's lots of okay. jokes that happen, but they're not the focus of the movie. Right. That's my thoughts, but I but I may be wrong. Yeah, I'm I can see that. I can see wrong. that. I mean, I was just considering this trailer and not the others, right? But you know, working in the other trailers, it's you know, it's obviously going to be a bit closer. It's not going to be like the Winter Soldier kind of serious, but I would put it probably along like first Iron Man and Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hope I, those are those are those those movies have a great strike, great balance. So that would be badass. One of my favorite parts of of the the trailer is just the the real meta dig at Shield. Just in like it's not just at Shield, but it's at like covert operations in general. It's like okay, so wearing the logo on clothing is really doing a great job of keeping it covert, huh? Yeah, that was really funny. 
Like that was that was great for Shield. That was great for every other covert operation ever that has a logo involved. Yeah, that was that was a really good, just like just general joke. There's a couple of really good general jokes. I loved um, when she blasts the jukebox. And he's like, it's a photon. She's like, it's a photon blast. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, and scrolls can't do that. A scroll cannot do that. And I'm supposed to just believe you. I'm supposed to just take your word for that. It's just so silly. It's such a silly element to her character that she's so blind to what a human could understand or like know right. about that she's like photon blast. Duh. <laughs> uh, obvious. And he's like, I learned about scrolls yesterday. Right. Like. I'm literally learning about scrolls right now, so yeah. Like I just learned about Cree, and now I'm learning about scrolls. And you're, I just, I just still, you're all over the place. <laughs> yeah, super fun. Um, yep. A few other uh, uh, scenes that s- sort of set this tone. And in the first trailer, we had that uh, scene where she punches the old lady. Yeah. Seeing that scene made me think of movies where there's like a creepy old lady. Uh, that's what it reminded me of because she has that creepy smile and then she punches. Yeah, her. that creepy, super big, like perfect teeth smile. Yeah, it's but like, no. In this trailer, there's a much bigger focus on that fight scene and they show a lot more of it. And that's hilarious. Having one of, uh, one of the key fight scenes in the trailer be between Captain Marvel and an elderly woman yeah well it's really an elderly woman a seemingly elderly woman who can do like flips and and drop kicks and you know yeah that's like an underrated visual joke that we're already seeing like that was in the first couple trailers but they really highlighted it here with actually like showing more of those moves and her slamming her into the bar and all that stuff like that's just it's just it's going to be a really funny reaction to from the crowd kind of reminds me of Spider-Man two where he saves a busload of or like a uh, train full of people. And they like, Oh, he saved us and we're going to keep his secret and we're going to save his life. You know, there's that great moment in Spider-Man two. Um, well this is like, I can just imagine this being the inverse where they watch Captain Marvel beat up an old woman (laughs) and they're like, we are not on board. Yeah, this, this lady's a menace. (laughs) She beat the shit out of this elderly woman who admittedly was very resilient. Yeah, she, the, the elderly woman had some moves, but still, she beat up an elderly woman. <laughs> right? Um, there's definitely going to be that moment, at least a moment, before the elderly woman starts flipping, where everyone's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? And so I think there's going to be more funny stuff in this movie. It, it, that's my biggest takeaway from this trailer, is just there's going to be more funny stuff. I thought that your biggest takeaway was going to be that Brie Larson's performance was not quite as wooden as you had thought. See, I don't think her... Her performance is any less wooden in this trailer. Really? Um, I don't know that that's... Because they're playing so much comedy, though, some of that woodenness comes off as deadpan comedy instead of just um, a lack of emotion. It comes off as a little more alien in this trailer, which I'm, I'm happy about. I think, I, I, I see, I, I don't think it's any less wooden. I just think it's less, the woodenness is in a different context and it works yeah, more for me. It's wooden on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Um, because some of the things that she does in that first trailer, and, and, and they show them in this trailer too, like when she shows a little girl getting up and all that stuff, it's very inspiring and you want it to be very human. But I have a feeling this hero, at least for this movie, is going to be very unhuman. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it it shows that uh, that one training sequence where she says, "I don't remember my past." So I I think that her rediscovering her humanity is probably going to be the major focal point as far as character development for her. Yeah, and I think that'll be an interesting uh, interesting arc uh, for her. And, and, and as it's been said, this is a different type of origin story, and so I think we're going to just get a different a different type of story. I, I love how Marvel has done that so well. They've, they've you know, we're 20 something movies in at this point. I forget 21. Is it 21 or 18 or I don't know. Uh, we're a bunch of I movies think, deep. I think this is number 22. If I'm not mistaken, okay, that's what I was thinking. So we're, tw- we're about to be 22 movies deep and they've done a really good job of every moving, having a different kind of theme and arc to it. Everybody makes fun of Marvel for being so cookie cutter, but I just don't agree. I think that they, yes, they have certain tones they try to stick with. They're, they're trying to stick with what works, but they are exploring new ideas every time. And we've never had in 21, we've never had a hero that doesn't know who they are. And they're really trying to rediscover literally their own past, not just, you know, we have, um, characters like Quill who doesn't know, don't know his origins and uh, of his, you know, birth. And he's trying to find that out and why he was taken and all this stuff. But this will be an interesting, different kind of story. Yeah. And I think that, um, the, the major thing that people kind of poo poo upon the Marvel cinematic universe for is not necessarily that they're cookie cutter, but so much that it's, there's the Marvel formula Mm -hmm. of, you know, the general, like, you know, all the major, beats and all the the major things but like they found a formula that works and is really applicable because you know as you slot things out and slot things in you know each movie still takes on its own identity and you know a heist movie like ant-man is still vastly different from captain america the winter soldier for sure so let's talk about how this movie is going to impact. We, t- we said we were going to talk about how this movie is going to impact the future of the MCU. And I think in a couple of really cool ways. First off, I'm really excited about the Kree and their role in this movie. So far, pretty much every alien race we meet in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is just a group of villains to fight. Yeah. It reminds me of early Star Trek where you meet the Romulans and, and they're just like a villainous species. And then you meet the Klingons and they're just another villainous species. But these are better for fighting. Right. You, you just introduce characters and entire races for the purpose of fighting them. Um, and that's kind of how Marvel's been thus far because for a few like sort of systematic reasons. Cause you, it's hard to have humans as the villain because then you have to, the third act has to be killing humans. <laughs> and for whatever reason, we don't think the sentient life of other galaxies is, is as important on our screens. Um, if true. aliens ever do attack, we, we're, or, or if aliens are ever, you know, around, they're going to look at our movies and think we're real racist. We are. Yeah, we are real racist, uh, against these alien races. Um, <laughs> But what I'm loving about the idea of the Kree in this movie is we're coming back to a path who has been presented to us so far as just a villain um, with Ronan the Accuser. We had a, we had one scene of them talking to a, like a politician in the Kree uh, in Guardians 1. Yeah. But they were still like a, a politician who refused to help. So they were just kind of yeah. like implicitly uh, guilty. <laughs> it's one of those like 
the uh, you know all it takes is for the uh, for the uh, for evil to succeed or for Ronan to succeed is for the rest of the Cree to do nothing. For good Cree to do nothing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so we we just have the sense that there are no good Cree. Like that's what we're that's what we've sort of been led to believe at this point. What I'm excited about is at least for part of this movie, we are going to see things from the Cree perspective. Uh, we're going to see Captain Marvel trained and somehow infused by the Cree. Yeah. Which could potentially, with all the brainwashing, kind of become a, uh, oh, the career bad because they brainwashed. For sure. <laughs> Which kind of throws that whole, like, uh, every alien race is bad thing out there. Hmm. Well, it, it, at least at least we're getting a sense that there is a culture there that is leading to them doing actions that may be wrong or maybe against our protagonists because what I'm a huge Star Trek fan. And as I mentioned, I just mentioned Klingons and Romulans. And one of the coolest things is yes, you have antagonists and even entire species that are at least when you first meet them are antagonistic toward humans. But eventually you have to learn to live side by side with these people. If you're going to, if you're going to leave earth and roam the galaxy. You know, it's kind of like humanity has to learn to live with each other. And then we have to learn to live with all these other aliens. And then we're going to have to learn to live with the beyonder. And yeah. then we're going to have to learn to live with other universes like, you know, where the X-Men come from. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, and, and, and I just like the idea of the morality being more complex. We've already seen some of that with Civil War uh, and even Avengers. Um, but I like the idea of the morality becoming more and more complex as we, as we enter into sort of these political discussions of the galaxy. Yeah. This, uh, this movie could definitely open up the, the gateway for that. <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's all about to, uh, well, the, the story that they're seeming to kind of draw from is the Kree scroll war. So it's all about two other entire races fighting each other and bringing that fight here. And really, the Earth is not the focal point of that. It's just like, we're just another bystander. But, you know, we have heroes, so we want to stand up for ourselves and kind of like, you know, not be just another bystander. We're saying like, hey, you take your shit outside. This is my yard. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And that, that it could end up being just another... There's two. There's just two bad races. They just are right. fighting each other, and I kind of hope it doesn't end up being that. I hope that it. I hope there's some nuance. I hope that some of these other Kree characters we actually le- learn to care about. I don't really want this movie to end up being Carol Danvers fights the Kree as well. Uh, it might. It might end up being that, but I. I kind of hope there's at least some nuance in that. What what are some other thoughts of how this movie might impact the going forward in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Something that we've seen a lot in the trailer is Carol flying around in space without a ship, just flying like yeah, like she's Superman or something. So at the end of Infinity War, <clears throat> she got called. You know, she, her intergalactic pager was dialed, and. I think that there's a strong possibility that she's going to be, you know, coming back through space to kind of respond to that beacon and then happen upon Tony Stark in, uh, in the ship and be like, Hey, Hey man, you want to ride? <laughs> I like, I don't, okay. I kind of hate that idea. 
And okay. I, I, I'm hearing it a lot. I'm hearing that, that of course, Captain Marvel is going to be the one to save Tony. And I think that is very possible because she's out in the galaxy. But the galaxy is huge. It's a big coincidence if she happens by him. Um, the thing that I want to see is Tony solve the problem. Yeah. That's what I want. Tony being the badass inventor that he is. And like he's talking, he's been four days, he's stuck on the problem. I'd love to see him like solve that problem. Cause we haven't seen a good like Tony solves an engineering problem montage in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ever since he had uh, the particle accelerator in his basement. Yeah. You know, we saw it there. And then he, he used to do that. That's like the whole first movie is he's an engineer. You know, he's building the suit and it's super fun to watch him problem solve and, uh, you know, troubleshoot. And he hasn't done that in a while. And I kind of want this, that him to like have a spark of an idea and go, Oh my, I can get us home. You know, <laughs> let the, that moment, that aha moment where he's just, he stops talking entirely and he's just like, son of a bitch. And then runs off. Yeah. No, I, I want that moment. That's what I want. Yep. Especially if we're, especially if this might be Tony's last appearance. He needs to be like, he needs to be the super engineer that he is. I could get behind that. That's, that's, that's my two cents on the Captain Marvel saving him. Um, <laughs> uh, so this, this is obviously leading to, uh, the introduction of the scrolls, this movie. Uh, yeah. which the shape-shifting villain, of course, always um, l- leads to the idea of infiltrators. And this ha- this movie happens 30 years ago, or 20 so, or 30. Uh, the 90s, so 30. Yeah. Well, 90 was 30 years ago, but the 90s was 20 to 30 years ago. That's fair. Call it somewhere in the middle, we'll say 29 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> This could mean a lot of things for the MCU. Yeah. We could have like a long-standing secret invasion going on. Yeah, we could have had, which which is what's so interesting about this. Being I feel like if they don't do something with that, they're they're missing an opportunity. Yeah. Setting this movie in the 90s and having a shape-shifting villain is just such a <gasps> easy setup for something like that. Sorry. Sorry. What if what if oh, what if Carol Danvers has met Tony because this is in the nineties when her movie is, is going on. What if she met Tony back then, but it was just like, you know, a fling or whatever. And he was still just the shitty guy that he was. And then he moves on cameo, whatever. Right. And then later she happens upon the ship, but he's already dead and he has already reverted to his scroll form. Oh man. That's a, that's a pretty insane theory. If, if he was very young, this is about the time when his parents died, right? Yeah, it was right after. So, he died December 16, 1991. Okay. Do, do we know the time of this movie? We've, we've been told the 90s. We, do we know it's 1990? I don't, I don't think we know the exact year. So it could be before or it could be after. We're just not sure. It's more likely to, that it's after. Right. It is. Nine times as likely after. <laughs> exactly. It's weird. This is weird decade math we're doing on this episode. <laughs> it's a lot more math than I'm used to doing. <laughs> That's becoming clear. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> but anyway, the, the the real answer, the the real thing we're getting at is, I think that this is somehow leading to, if not secret invasion, it's leading to a storyline where some scrolls have taken over some of our heroes. 
Um, and probably they did it a long time ago and we never knew. Yeah. That's some crazy stuff, man. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be just the best? Cause then, then we get to relearn, like if it's, if it was Tony, then we get to relearn who Tony Stark is. Yeah. Because whoever that scroll is may not necessarily have been, you know, the same Tony Stark. Oh, for sure. That, and how interesting would that be for Robert Downey Jr.? One of the things that he has mentioned liking is the the fact that they keep taking the character to new places. What if they <laughs> literally start, not, you know, they start the Just start over? Yeah, start over, but it's a different character. It's not the Tony Stark we know. Like, maybe he's just a different person. I, I, part of me likes that because it would give Tony Stark something new and interesting to do. Part of me hates that because some of this growth that we've seen will have been basically retconned. Yeah, that's basically retconning uh, 11 years of Tony Stark. Yeah, so I feel like Tony Stark's probably not the one, like, if they're going to do that. Unless he, unless it happened more recently. Unless, like... It would I'm telling you when he Ultron. fell when he fell through the portal at the end of Avengers one, maybe, hey, maybe we just saw too much of that. It, it seems weird that a scroll had the time to grab him, change into him, and then go back. <laughs> Makes more sense to me that it happened before that, and it's like that scroll knew the knew exactly where to throw that missile. You know? <laughs> yeah. I got a big headline for our listeners. Jeff. What's that? Mac Weldon is better than whatever they're wearing right now. That's a good headline. And, you know, part of the best thing about that headline is that it's true. It's true. We have had some, we've had our own experience with Mac Weldon. Uh, they sent us some stuff to try before we did this ad, and it is good, just really good stuff. Mac Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. I can confirm that those premium fabrics are put to use in every single thing that they make. Every piece that I own from Mack Weldon feels amazing on my body. Mm. Tell us more about your body, Jeff. Okay. Uh, well, there's a lot of hair. Um, sorry, sorry, so- sorry. No, tell us more about the underwear. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, the underwear is way more comfortable than this conversation. <laughs> We'll say that. Uh, Mag Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Uh, we, we really did find this super easy to order. It just, you know, you know how to use websites. You're, you're, you're a child of the internet age, uh, however old you are. <laughs> you're alive now, so you're obviously in the internet age. That's right. You know how to use the internet. Go to MacWeldon.com. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N. I'm a bad speller. Some of you are too. I want to make sure that you know. MacWeldon.com. Use the promo code MCUCAST and you get 20% off your first order. It's so good. It's really good underwear, people. And they don't just have underwear. They have underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, uh, lots of different things. And they all use these really great fabrics that just feel nice. They even have silver, uh, their silver line of underwear and shirts that naturally, they're naturally antimicrobial. They have little, little bits of silver in the clothing so that it uh it it fights that odor that odor is gone the polo that i have from them fights that odor and always like every single time i put it on i know for a fact that i'm gonna smell nice look nice and feel really really great if we're i mean if we're talking about comfort the socks that i got 
I, I never knew that I needed socks that were designed for my right and left foot. But it makes sense because just a tube of, of fabric is not enough. It doesn't it doesn't support you the same way. Yeah, that's super rad. Um, that they that they contour the socks to fit individual feet. So guys, seriously, don't miss out. Go to MacWeldon.com. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com and enter promo code M-C-U-Cast. Get 20% off your first order and support our podcast by letting the advertisers know that you heard it here. We're going to do a <laughs> shot-by-shot breakdown, just discuss this entire trailer and see if there's anything we missed and just talk about have reason to talk about all this little stuff that we might see in the trailer. I, don't, I have a feeling this one might be shorter than normal because I, I think a lot of the stuff was in other trailers. Yeah, well, it's it's in other trailers, and also it's only about a minute, just over about a minute and a half long. Right, right. Okay. Rather than, you know, two minutes meaty and, you know, all new stuff. I mean, we get a new feel, and there is, yeah, it, you know, it, it there's a, a bit of new stuff. Uh, in this trailer and previous trailers for sure. Okay, so it starts with the look of a jukebox. Uh, I'm sorry, that's an iPod? <laughs> what is that? Doctor Who joke. Oh, I, don't, I did not get it. When, when did that happen on Doctor Who? Uh, ninth Doctor, Episode 2. Oh, Ninth Doctor, going deep. Yeah. No, wait. <laughs> okay, sorry. Eccleston. Ninth Doctor Eccleston. I was thinking it was before Eccleston. You're right. No. That's Ninth. Uh, it's been a while. I've been out of Doctor Who for too long. Um, it's on Prime Video, all of it. Yeah, I don't have time to watch too much other than what we I are watching for this don't show. either. I don't either. But <laughs> the wife keeps saying, like, let's watch Doctor Who. I'm like, no. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. All right, so <clears throat> so we get uh, a, a jukebox, and uh, obviously that's the music playing. Yeah, and I, I think the, the, the the music itself sets a tone that's different from the previous trailers. Like right away, yeah, it's a bit more fun. Music on the jukebox, her riding a motorcycle, and her hair whipping behind her. Like it just feels exciting. It feels fun. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know, Fury immediately has to talk about it. The grunge look suits you. And that, you know, that I'm, I'm reminded that the 90s were really big into, like, Nirvana, and, you know, that whole, the grunge movement started there, and That's it started true. then. So, like, That's, That you is know, almost as big as uh, uh, her falling through a blockbuster. That's a big 90s reference, <laughs> the yeah, fact that grunge yeah. look suits you. <clears throat> yeah, I think the blockbuster's a little more, uh, a little more telling immediately, but yeah. I, like, I like the reference. Yeah, for sure. And then we get a uh, aliens descending on Earth, and we see some Cree, including Mister Ronan from the, from the behind. Right, could be someone else, honestly. But they're wearing that. They're wearing that. <laughs> could Ronin be anybody hat. with a weird headdress that flows like that. Yeah, could be any accuser. It would not surprise me if that's like Ronan's father. Oh no, it's not. Maybe he's wearing the armor of his father in Guardians. Uh, I mean, it could, but the the way that Ronan said it is that uh, his father died fighting the Zandarians. Yeah, that's true. He may not die here. That's fair. It may be his father and his and his uh, his father didn't die here. He lived to go fight the Zandarians another day. We're no, we know we're going to see Ronan in this movie, but it could be that Ronan is like 
you know, not even wearing armor, maybe not even fighting? What if he's like a completely different kind of character in this movie? <laughs> he hasn't gone crazy yet. Yeah, like he starts to see his, his family. He's like a servant of his family or whatever, and they're the warriors. And then maybe like maybe it gives some insight to his character later that he's like, I'm really I'm really stretching here because this is not in the in the in this trailer. Uh, <laughs> but it could you're just, be that, you're like, reaching really hard. What if what if you see that like his family doesn't think he's a warrior worthy of the name or whatever, and then you you get you get like a a depth to that character that was always sought. Like everyone always talked about how that character was so thin. Yeah, how he was really one note. Yeah, maybe the reason he's so zealous for continuing the war is because he never got a chance to prove himself to his father or something. You know, like, that'd be an interesting way to give some character to him that wasn't there in the first place. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And we are going back 20 to 30 years here. So Yeah, yeah. He's had some time to think on it and, uh, you know, really decide how he wants to be, uh, how he wants to be seen and perceived and, you know, this is the way that he wants to go about it. It's power to him. Yeah. Then <clears throat> we get a awesome scene of, uh, Agent Fury, r- 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 not director, Agent Fury, um, running around in a car, speeding oh, yeah, the that's, streets. That's, that's true. Uh, he's not director yet. We that's have right. to, we have to remember that. And, uh, she who like, is she specifically you says who's director um, that's a good that's a God. good question that's a good question um she specifically says in this uh, in the beginning of this trailer did you have a rough day agent fury like he's agent he's still agent maybe the director of shield gets taken over by a scroll and that's how he loses his eye uh that is very possible i really hope that the director is Agent Carter. Oh, man. I really hope she's the director. That'd be killer. We may not even meet who the director is in this movie. Like, that would be a fine thing. Um, but it would be amazing if we did. Yeah. Oh, man. And it was Carter. I, I just... I got mad at myself just now. Yeah. Uh, in kind of a how, how dare you sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um because I was like, yeah, maybe the director was replaced, and it was Agent Carter, and she's somewhere else in the galaxy because she got replaced. Because we never saw her body in Civil War. And I'm like, how dare you think like that? Like, you're just completely ruining Steve. Yeah, that I'm pretty certain she is not... She was not a scroll because the body would have turned into one, at least as far as the comics versions work. It could be different, though. Could be. Could be that Agent Carter was a scroll and was working no. for scrolls that whole time. No. Man, who's going to be a scroll? This is going to be a serious thing. This is like the new, you know, when is Thanos going to show up thing. Like, we've been wait- we waited on Thanos for 10 years. Oh, yeah, no, this is our new, uh, our new Soulstone debate. Like, where is the Soulstone? It's who yeah. is a scroll. Yeah. It's going to be somebody. Somebody's going to be a scroll. And this is the thing that that the scrolls are so good at is tearing people apart, tearing teams apart from the inside through doubt. Mm-hmm. When you doubt each other, then you fall apart. So we're saying Zemo is a scroll. Zemo's a scroll. <laughs> I knew it. 
it's just they, they've done such a good job with the characters that every character I keep thinking about it being a scroll. Even small ones like Zemo, I'm like, no, that would ruin his character. Like I like <laughs> the fact that he's a man, you know, motivated by his family. Yeah, yeah. Then we get the scrolls are on a beach. Speaking of scrolls walking up from the uh, from the water, really cool special effects with the scrolls changing. When he when you see the the changing, that honestly. I, I paused it and and like I played through it, paused it, played through it, and did that over and over again. I was like, that looks a lot like comics Namor, like with the way that the hair is showing and the the pointed ear. Like, yeah, it looks a lot like Namor the Submariner. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. <clears throat> um, but then we get Carol Danvers crashing through the top of a subway train and beating an old woman for no reason <laughs> seemingly no reason i love this <laughs> <laughs> and then uh you know she obviously wins the fight hits the scroll in the uh in the head with the or well hits the pole with the scroll and knocks the scroll out and then she does the whole like the 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 constant woman who was just in a tussle troop where she blows the hair out of her face Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, Fury, prove you're not a scroll. Yeah. I love I love the prove you're not a scroll scene. Um, super funny. She says, he says, prove you're not a scroll. She blasts the jukebox. I like her face after she blasts the jukebox. Like, as he's turning to look at it, she just, like, casually puts her fist under her chin and is just like, <laughs> yeah. look what I can do. And he's just like, the, the hell? We were listening to that. What did you, why? Right. That means nothing to me. You blew that up. It means nothing to me at all. Lots of Marvel logos. Then we get, uh, I guess the Cree home world. Yeah, yeah. After the, um, the Marvel Studios 10 years logo, it looks like we get Hala. Mmm. We, which we've seen before in other trailers. We do see a lot more of interaction between Marvel. I guess we're saying he's still Marvel. Is that right? Oh, no. Actually, he's been confirmed recently to be uh, Jan Rog. Uh, we're talking Jun Law is, is who? Jan Rog. Jan Rog. That's a name right there. Yep. Okay. Y-O-N-R-O-G-G. All right. So Jan Rog. We see a lot more of him in this trailer and there's a little more fighting uh, among him and Carol. He's training her. So, and it looks, yeah, and he gives her, badass. he gives her that little, uh, that little bit of like, yeah, you're strong or like we, we create are strong. And what was it that he said? You have to use your past. Oh no, let go of the past. And she, and she says, says, I don't remember, I don't remember my, my past. past. Which like, I have nothing to let go of. Well, the thing I think that she does have to let go of for him, for, 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 I guess what his purposes are. He's trying to be, make her the best Cree he can make her, uh, the best warrior. And she's probably got some questions about her past that she needs to let go to be able to, for him to be able to pull that off. But I think the, the, the truth of the story is going to be that she is going to need to figure out her past and yeah. she's going to be, join the humans in their humanity. Hmm. Yeah. Um, we were talking about his name because, you know, Jan Rog is quite the name. Uh-huh. Um, 
originally we were thinking he was going to be Marvel, uh, and that's when we were thinking that the story was still going to be along the lines of the comic book story where Marvel uh, shielded her from a, a nega bomb, I think it was um, uh-huh. a bomb blast, and you know that fused her with his DNA. Um, Jan Rog is the one that made that bomb go off. Like he's the one that caused that explosion. He was originally a foe of Captain Marvel and you know was kind of responsible for that transformation. Okay. Uh, but he's he's always been trying to uh kind of undermine Marvel and show like you know he's not he's not the Cree that we need, you know, I am the best Cree. Hmm. Okay. So I wonder if the uh, we do we know has is there a Marvel been confirmed for this movie? I, I don't know. I the the fact that um that it was confirmed recently that he was Jan Rog is just kind of thrown me for a loop. Like, yeah. That's but who's going to be Marvel? She yeah. obviously can't come into this power on her own. Yeah, something has to happen. This explosion she goes through, which is the next thing we see in the trailer. She's this big explosion that seems to infuse her with some sort of power. And then it shows her fighting on the battlefield looking like a total badass. Right? That uh, uh photon that- blast both fists. That freaking helmet with the with the mohawk, yeah, double fisting like a boss, double fisting peeps like a freaking beast. Mm-hmm. I mean, her flipping onto the onto the top of the subway car looks amazing. Phil Coulson with hair looks amazing. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see Phil Coulson interacting with Fury as uh, peers. Uh, I don't know that they would be peers. I mean, he Fury probably still outranks him a little bit, but they're still Maybe. both just agents. Maybe. I mean, like, they were agents, and then when he was at the point, he takes over in, 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 in S.H.I.E.L.D. He, agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he takes over. So it's like he was one step below, as far as we know. You know what I mean? Like, he was just a yeah. one step below Fury. He was the next in line. So it's like, it's very possible that thir- 20 years before, they were just you know, practically partners or, you know, at least on the same level. Yeah, could be. Could be. I mean, especially, you know, 29 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're calling it. It's 29 years ago. No. <laughs> it's exactly. I don't know if I said it because, uh, I forget, I think we got went down another rabbit hole, but your idea of Tony Stark showing up in this movie would be amazing and it would be like the best kept secret because that's not Wouldn't expected. It- wouldn't it be just the best? Because, I mean, he's, like, if you look at all of the heroes, he's the one that would be most likely working with S.H.I.E.L.D. and actually be around in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's I mean, likely working with S.H.I.E.L.D. because I think that was still very much his Playboy days. Well, it, he didn't yes. even know, yeah, he didn't even know what S.H.I.E.L.D. was. <clears throat> at, but his dad until, did. His dad did, that's for sure. But he didn't, and... He uh, and he, he very much avoided it. Now Howard showing up in this movie that could be if it's in ninety and not ninety one or ninety two. I mean, it could still be in ninety one, just early ninety one, right? You right. got like all the way through December sixteen that it's okay. Oh, it's December. Okay, so yeah, almost two years that this could happen and still show up. Have Howard show up, which would be fun. <laughs> when uh, let's see, when did Nine Inch Nails? first start <laughs> when did they become big what do you mean because she's wearing a nine inch nail shirt oh funny that is that is a very funny uh way to track this 
Pretty. I think they were pretty late in the nineties. I found it in nineteen eighty eight. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I was just wrong about that. <laughs> I was I just outright wrong. I, I was in high school when I heard of, of them. I, I wonder if they were big when they had their. When did? It, see, I'm. This. When did Downward Spiral come out? <laughs> Uh, the downward spiral was ninety three to ninety seven. Okay, is the time frame. Okay, cool. All right, we're on a weird tangent now. Yeah, uh, we are. <laughs> so Colson asks if he can find others. So it's like Colson at this point is already having the thoughts of like putting together a team, which I love. <laughs> like we we need protection from you know threats that we know about. Right. And, this also seems to indicate that this is the beginning of them understanding aliens. Like, maybe this is the first interaction S.H.I.E.L.D. has had with aliens, do you think? <laughs> this is our Area 51 kind of thing. It's a scroll ship. Yeah, because we we know in, they had a lot of experience with interdimensional stuff in the old days of Agent Carter, but... Um, with Nothing this. that's been really alien. Yeah, I can't think of any alien. Uh, I mean, there was that one Cree body. Most that of the they Hydra, found. most of the Hydra stuff uh, comes from uh, like they didn't they didn't know all the stuff about Hydra being based on that creature from Agents of Shield. So there's that, but and that was an alien. But yeah, it, it's pretty. Uh, they they haven't really encountered aliens up till now. Yeah, that I'm thinking yeah. of. I'm trying to think, like uh, Captain America. All that stuff was powered by the Tesseract, which is alien. But they don't know that. But they don't recognize that. Yeah, they just know it's a <clears throat> power source. Cool. Yeah, there hasn't really been uh, like until Avengers, uh, Avengers one, like that. At that point, it's like, oh, aliens, right? Okay. Yeah, and that's the thing is that's the big. That's why it's such a big moment is. Um, I think this movie is going to show us why Coulson is so interested in putting together the Avengers because he knows, as as Tony says, that that's the end game. You know, yeah, space is the end game. Uh, then we get <sighs> that really cool scene with uh, her standing up. Like it's just it's just such it's already iconic. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Her going through the uh, the military training on the rope and falling and. You know, you get the the multiple shots of her falling throughout her life, but always standing up. Yeah, and that's the main thing that that uh, for the character. That's the main thing that's going to show just how determined she is. Is that all throughout her life she's been knocked down, but has always gotten back up. Yeah, love that. And that's that's the message that uh, that they're going to want to send to the you know the little girls that are watching this. Like, oh look, it's a female superhero leading the charge. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be great. And then we get stuff that we mostly have seen before or seen similar scenes where she's just flying through space, shooting down spaceships. Yeah, flying through space, shooting down spaceships. Like it, we've seen it before, but I love seeing it every time yeah. because it's such a great spectacle. Well, it's also like you know, her going full on Super Saiyan, like all that all that energy around her. Binary. We, we see all this stuff with her blasting with her fists, but yeah, binary. Um, she just the, the, that energy covering her entire body and her just being a total badass. I, it, it 
looks like fun, exciting stuff that we haven't ever seen before. Yeah, and her power, like, that power where she's flying around and shooting stuff, like, all of that is just gorgeous. That's great CG work. Mm-hmm. It really is. All right, then the last little, then we get the more Captain Marvel uh, logo. And then the, and the last, stinger. And then the logo stinger. And the, the shield logo stinger. It's not just a stinger for the trailer, like, to be, you know, at the end. It's like, it's a stinger of a zinger. Yeah, it is. It's funny. Zinger of a stinger? It's funny. And, and just to say it in case nobody's, some people are listening to this without having seen it yet, uh, she says, um, is it part of your covert plan to have your logo on clothing? <laughs> How does that help your covert mission? Yeah. What's this? It's the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo. And I love that he immediately bounces back, like, says the space soldier who was wearing a rubber suit. Yeah. Yeah. You think they went so deep with the comedy on this trailer because of all the criticism on the first trailer? Uh, mm, I don't know. I I think that they they probably had their trailers planned already, Mm. and they... They foresaw this whole, like, oh, she's too serious. Why isn't she smiling? Maybe. Um, I think that might be giving Marvel too much credit. As much as I think they have a wonderful <laughs> promotional arm, I think they still respond when they, when they have a, they've peeped, there's a perceived weakness. They have to respond to it. And so I think they probably didn't plan the trailers as far in advance. I don't know. Maybe, though. Who knows? <clears throat> Yeah. Well, either way, we still get her smirking in this one. So she at least smiles a little bit. Yeah. So, for all the people that are like, she never smiles, like, fuck you. Yeah. First off, fuck you because she doesn't have to. Secondly, fuck you because she does. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else you want to say about this trailer before we uh, let everybody go for the day? Uh, not really. Um, not about the trailer, at least. Uh, I do want to bring up one little thing to kind of see what your take on it is. Sure. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson had an interview uh, with Entertainment Tonight, and he said, we know that we need something that's as powerful as Thanos, and at some point, we'll find out how powerful she is and all the things that she's capable of. She's one of the few people in the Marvel Universe that can time travel, so, and then trails off. Huh. Well, that's a big deal. Right? (laughs) For him to say that, like, I didn't even know that she could time travel. Uh, It's a new power for her. Okay. Or it would be a new well, power for her. That's a that's a big spoiler there, Mister uh, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Well, let's hope he didn't spoil something too too good, too beefy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have anything to say about that except for that's a spoiler, Samuel Jackson. Don't do that. <laughs> All right, yep. guys. Well, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com, slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call us at 573-CAST-MCU. Um, yeah, man. We really appreciate all you guys listening. If you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com, slash mcucast. We'll keep bringing that sweet MCU uh, content. We love you guys. Peace. Until next time, true believers. True believers.